Do you want to hear about something that is so unique for two-year colleges? Did you know that Unmuddle created a national marketplace for community colleges? That's right. For more details, go to unmuddle.com slash colleges. That's U-N-M-U-D-L dot com slash colleges. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Edup Experience podcast, where we make education your business, interviewing the brightest, the most influential minds across higher education and beyond. This is Dr. Joe Salustio back with you again. Uh, we just had, I'll tell you, at the Edup Experience, we, um, as we're recording this episode with a, a very, very amazing guest who I'm excited to introduce here in a second, I have just completed a LinkedIn post um, about our 300th episode. We just released episode 300. Our first episode of EdUp was released on January 25th, 2020. So here we are almost two years later, 300 episodes in, and our 300, it's three, I can't even talk today. See, this is a professional podcaster, can't talk. Um, our 300th episode announces our book. We have, co- we have contracted with an amazing woman. Her name is Kate Colbert. She's going to co-author the EdUp Experience book with me with contributions from Elvin, where we're going to synthesize all of the topics, uh, issues, everything that the 100 university presidents and chancellors and CEOs that we've talked to, um, we're going to synthesize all of those things together and, and create a future of higher education book that everybody will uh, benefit from. We have all these other people that can enhance these topics. Like, for example, what's the future of work look like? What's the value of a college degree? How does non-credit skills stacking work? And I don't think I have uh, a guest that's more equipped to talk to me about issues like that than my guest today. His name is Tom Dawson, and he's interim president and CEO of Strata Education Network. Tom, how are you doing? I'm well, Joe. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just fine, my friend. Very, very excited to talk to you uh, today. I, I will tell you... Um, we, we do a lot of work here. We talk to a lot of folks at the Edup Experience, um, presidents, and, you know, presidents and chancellors of universities, ed tech CEOs, sometimes CEOs of companies that are not in education, which it becomes with a rarity. And then folks like yourself that are leading organizations, let's say at the fringe of higher education, helping to redefine what the future of higher education looks like. Talk to me about Strata Education Network. Let's just assume for a minute there's somebody that hasn't heard of Strata, which I don't know who you are if you're working in higher ed. But if you haven't, what is Strata? What do you guys do? Let's set the foundation and go from there. So Strata is a national nonprofit. Uh, We're a public charity. um, And we exist uh, to help bridge the gap between education and employment for the hundreds of thousands of individuals around the country that are looking to, to... have um, a meaningful career ex- uh, experience, move up in terms of economic mobility, and are looking for the right for the right path, the right educational path to help them do that. So I look at your mission. All right, your mission is to improve the lives um, by forging improve lives by forging clearer and more purposeful pathways between education and employment. That seems to me to indicate that the pathways between education and employment aren't always clear or aren't always purposeful. Can you, can you break that down for me on, on you know, what, 
what that means to you guys, the, the clarity and pathway? Sure. So um, I think the best way, Joe, I would describe it is the education to employment um, ecosystem, for lack of a better word, is very fragmented. Um, I joke that it's an industry that doesn't even think of itself as an industry. Um, and part of that's because you have higher education on the one side, um, you have these kind of new, um, new uh, um, creative uh, upstarts that are coming into the market, whether they're boot camps or employer provided yep. programs. So that's kind of on one side. And then on the other side, and that I think especially true with more traditional programs. And then on the other side of the equation is you have employers. And especially now, employers who are desperate for talent, um, who can't always locate the talent that they need. Um, and when you have a fragmented system like that, and the way, it, the reason why we say bridge the divide is that our experience, our view is that too many individuals, be they students or adults, fall through the cracks uh, because there isn't a more seamless seamless pathway between education and employment. And so our job here is to identify and then scale the most effective solutions for, for those individuals and help, or um, I should say, hope that um, whether it's states or universities, other foundations, for example, learn from us that we can partner and so that we can effectively scale and sustain those solutions that we identify. So, so future of work. All right. We, we have a lot of folks on here. We interviewed, uh, Jerry, uh, Jamie, Jerry, Jamie Amerisotis from La Lumina Foundation sure. and, and many others who it's like, you know, what is, what is the future of work? And is it degree credential stacking? Is it non-degree uh, uh, skills-based learning that, that, it, that is the clearer pathway? Is it degree? Is it non-degree? How do you guys view it at Strata? Like, what, how do you you know, position yourselves to say, okay, the, the future of work is, I'm assuming, it's still being defined. We, the sure. jobs that, you know, 10 years from now, what do you tell your kid that they're going to be, except for doctors and the attorneys? They're not going anywhere. Uh, but other than that, what's the job of the future look like? And how do you craft an educational ecosystem around that? What do you guys think at Strata? Degree, non-degree, both, neither? What does it look like for you guys? I think um, too often with a number of different, you know, kind of well-intentioned players in this space, they pick whether, you know, it, um, for example, it's traditional degrees or it's these new upstart employer-based degree programs or boot camps. Or, and the reality is I, I, I think that, 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 that misses the point to some extent. I think we definitely need more experimentation and innovation around how individuals and students receive education and training and learning. But I think the real key is that um, individuals have the end in mind, if you will, when they identify what 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 paths they want to take so to have a better understanding of where they you know what they ultimately want to do and they may not know exactly what career they have an interest in but they know you know in terms of a vocation in terms of a calling in terms of a general field of interest most people if they're asked and if they think about it and reflect on it um and you know we think technology and coaching can help them with this can identify generally where they want to go uh, or if they've already been in one career and are looking to transition to another, they can identify generally where they want to go or what their needs are. And then it's up to, you know, organizations like ours uh, to help them chart their own their own path. So we're really more about, you know, as I was uh, telling Joe before this uh, uh, podcast started, 
you know, strada in Italian means uh, winding road. And so we don't think there's one pathway. We don't think there's um, kind of one size fits all. We really think that, that, that individuals best determine what's best for them longer term. And it's up to organizations like ours to help them with that end in mind, identify the pathway that's best for them. I love that you say that because that is exactly why when we talked about starting this podcast, the depth experience, when we sat down, we have a mission and it's to inspire people to approach lifelong learning, no matter the path they choose. But who am I to tell somebody or recommend somebody a certain path or, or to say that one path is better than another? I have no idea what, what path might be ready for that person, but I will highlight every path. And that's what we've tried to do here in terms of mission alignment with you guys. It's like, you know what? We're going to bring on community college representatives, four-year universities, two-year universities, ed tech companies, you know, people that are in the non-credential building space. And somebody out there is going to go, oh, this makes sense for me. And, and if we can make it make sense for them and what the work you're doing at Strata, then you're enhancing our economic what our economic uh, benefit as a country, as a region, country, geography, whatever. And that is ultimately what the future of work is going to look like, is how do we take learners and how are they going to enhance our economy while enhancing their personal situations, right? Yeah. So I know that there's a lot of financial thought into this. How do, you, how do you create those pathways so that the person has a better life for themselves in the end, right? Yeah, I think it's also, I, I agree with everything you just said, Joe, but I think it's also... We find ourselves in a really incredible moment as well with, um, you know, what we um, know to be true externally on on a national basis. You know, we have a very we have a very tight labor market. You know, unemployment is low, uh, relatively speaking. There's a real kind of rush for rush and demand for talent, and you know, I think that 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 trend, while it won't be totally immune from the business cycle. So, for example. Um, some point we can probably expect unemployment rates to go back up. That's 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 the nature of the economy. But having said that, I think a lot of the demographic trends in our country um, are such that I think the, the 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 tight labor market is to some extent here to last. It may not be quite as tight, but uh, um, I don't think we can expect or should expect the fundamental dynamics of the labor market that we're in to really change. And so I think there will continue to be like just just last month. The Labor Department announced there are 10 million unfilled jobs, and that number has steadily increased. When I first joined Strata six years ago, that was, you know, that number was more like six million, six and a half million, and now it's up to 10 million. And so, I think you know that that trend is likely to persist. And so, the timing is 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 great now. There is demand for these jobs. We just have to help individuals and students identify what path is best for them. And inevitably those paths will uh, lead, you know, our, our expectation is will lead to help addressing that unfilled job problem that our country has, which to your point is, is ultimately a really, you know, a break on the economy and ultimately a break on the mobility for the individuals that we, that we try to serve. Now, Tom, this is the part of the episode where, where we say we keep our guests on their feet. We get to hit you with a question that is completely unrelated to higher education, but brings out your personality just a little bit so we can learn more about you. And here it is. You ready? Sure. Tom, if you're going to walk into a room and every single time you did, there was music playing, your entrance music, if you will, <laughs> what would that song be? Think about it. Here you go. 
That is a great question. I uh, was not preparing uh, for that uh, question whatsoever. That's why it's to keep your guests on their toes I part think, of the episode here, Tom. I think maybe uh, like the Jackson 5, something like that, as I'm thinking about something. I was in the gym the other night and the Jackson 5 was playing. So that's that's always kind of keeps people upbeat. And, like it, a little uh, retro, a little energy. Yeah, yeah, keep it, keep it yeah. authentic and original. Yeah. I like it. All right, yeah. Tom. I like yeah. that. Thanks. That, that, that says a lot. And we found out you're in the gym. So you know what? You're a healthy guy too. Yes, I need all the help I can get. So, <laughs> uh, talk to me about employers, right? So the pathway from you know work for you know education to employer. The employer does, whether they like it or not, or intentionally do or not, has a lot of influence at times over the way that the student decides to go about their education. How do you work with employers? How do you get feedback from employers? How do you help define those pathways with employers so that you can kind of report that or report or crystallize those pathways back to the student? Sure. So uh, we do that a few different ways. Um, I would say that in general, you know, most employers don't think of themselves necessarily first and foremost as employers. Um, you know, like we here at Strata, we're an employer, but I think of ourselves as a nonprofit public charity with a mission that I. That's the way you introduced it. Mm -hmm. right. um, and, you know, if you're a technology company selling a CRM, you think about, you know, you think about what it is that you do versus kind of the role that you play in society. And so as a result, I don't think a lot of employers, it's not negative so much as it is, it's not their core it's not what gets them up in the morning. A lot of them, you know, what gets them up in the morning is, is, is their business model, what it is that they do, how they serve the market. So oftentimes they just don't pay as much attention to the influence that they have, whether that's through hiring, uh, whether that's through the types of jobs that they're posting and, and the skills that they say they need or the credentials that they say they need, even if they really need them or not. Um, so I think, I think employers, it's an exciting time to work with employers because I think because of this sort of rush for talent and demand for talent, a lot of them are thinking, I think, more intentionally about how they can position themselves well to prospective employees. Um, and so we work with employers a number of different ways. We work with them directly in the case of, um, you know, we, we own and operate here at Strata um, a variety of different nonprofit affiliates. Uh, one of which is called Education at Work, where we actually employ students um, on, on uh, campuses around the country. And then um, Education at Work then contracts and partners with individual employers. Um, and so in that case, we're actually working directly with them to fill jobs, most of which are in kind of the customer contact area, uh, to to identify what are the right, you know, um, the right kinds of jobs for students. Um, in many cases, uh, education at work is competing against other uh, providers of these types of uh, solutions and services. So, in some cases, we work directly with them as 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 partners would. In other cases, we're providing grants to um, associations of employers, uh, whether it's in the healthcare field or the IT field. We've provided grants to, for example, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce to talk about uh, how their members can be, um, you know, can improve the way they go about uh, developing and cultivating talent. Um, and then also kind of in the realm of how we work directly with them, we've also started working with a couple of different industries, uh, particularly 
uh, kind of out of the gate in the healthcare field to help coach um, prospective employees as they um, join join large healthcare providers. So if they're starting off as like a licensed, you know, licensed healthcare professional and one of the allied health professions. Well, how do you locate these people? How do you locate these people who have certain skills or a propensity with a certain language who are diverse? Um, because increasingly most of the hospitals around the country are serving diverse patients as our uh, uh, country uh, diversifies. And so in that case, we're actually coaching, coaching employees about the type of education and training they should get, um, how they move up in those jobs. So, um, then in other instances, Joe, we actually uh, invest in companies that uh, will provide what's called last mile training, uh, which is, you know, the student is out of college, but looking to transition into the workforce. And so we, we, we invest in companies that will employ the student and then place them in jobs, whether it's in, you know, primarily in IT, but in other, you know, in, 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 in other industries as well. So we work with employers in a diverse, diverse number of ways. And I guess I would say what I said at the outset in terms of how, how we work with them, which is to understand that they, they have a business to run and you have to respect that. But um, increasingly in this market in particular, we're seeing more openness to them thinking about, you know, new ways of identifying talent, recruiting talent, developing talent. So I think that's how I'd answer your question. Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Diaz, Interim President of Gateway Community College in Phoenix, Arizona. Gateway is a proud founding college partner of Unmuddle. We joined Unmuddle to reach a new market of students, the working learners. Unmuddle provides a needed mechanism for these students to work and learn simultaneously, providing a valuable return on their investment. Unmuddle elevates Gateway's non-credit training opportunities to a national level, scaling in a way that is difficult for individual community colleges to do on their own. Unmuddle also provides a unique opportunity for colleges to feasibility test new potential certificate and degree programs. The higher education landscape is crowded, but the value of community colleges is unmatched. Unmuddle will take us to new heights, and we're excited for the journey. You're seeing it from both ends, right? You're, you're hearing if, uh, what students are out there and looking for. You've got great thought leadership pieces all over your website, uh, studies, surveys and so on and then you're hearing things from the employers what's the state of education in your in your mind i mean you even attended asu gsv or at least you had a bunch of folks giving talks and so you get to hear the education innovation you're funding companies that are innovating within education what do you see is the what, what are what's our problem in higher ed as it exists uh, now tom i mean we are we innovating quick enough is the innovation coming like a wave that we're yet to realize and what where, where do you see things I think there's a lot of innovation certainly happening. Um, I think education is not unlike um, the employment space. You know, it's not unlike, you know, I, I refer to the education to employment space as being fragmented. Well, I, I'd say education is fragmented as well. It's hard to gain scale, but it's not a space that's bereft of or uh, does, does, does not have innovation occurring. There's a lot of it occurring. And a lot of that's because, um, of the uh, of the supply that's required uh, by employers in terms of skilled employees, a lot of it's based on, you know, I think entrepreneurs see 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 opportunities where maybe tr uh, tr traditional institutions haven't moved quickly enough. Um, but I think overall, what I would say is we have this interesting dynamic going on in this country right now that, despite there being 
you know, a really tight labor market, despite coming out of a pandemic, um, that we're actually seeing enrollments in institutions, um, Joe's, I'm sure you know, actually fall off. It's especially true in, um, you know, in a lot of uh, community colleges and more open access oriented institutions. And that's, that's a really interesting phenomenon. Um, you know, the economy is doing well, but especially coming out of a pandemic and with all the government aid that's on the table, historically, when our country has seen that type of sort of trend previously, typically enrollments go up in times of economic uncertainty. And we may need a little bit longer to suss out what the impact of COVID and the pandemic has been. But at the same time, I think you see a lot of questioning, um, you know, among among students, among prospective students about the value about the value of education. I was reading a piece last night in the Wall Street Journal about how uh, male enrollments are, you know, falling off the cliff. Really, uh, um, and it's a very it's a very interesting situation in which we find ourselves. That while on the one hand. Um, if you were to look at any data that's out there on the value of credentials, historically, um, there's definitely a premium to, um, you know, certainly getting a bachelor's degree and, you know, also moving off the, the chain from there. But having said that, the, the students are not or the prospective students are not necessarily seeing that in their daily lives and are making decisions that don't necessarily correlate with past experience. So it's a it's a really interesting time. And then it's especially interesting in light of what I said at the beginning, which is you have a real demand for skilled talent and where else are these employees gonna get skilled? And there are certainly alternatives to traditional higher education, but higher education would be a you know, natural source of that talent. So it's a, um, it's a very interesting time and somewhat, I would also argue unprecedented, so. Talk to me about Strata's work in, in helping with gaps, equity gaps, um for, you know, wealth gaps and so on. I mean, it, taking what you said, you know, that 10%, and I talk about this all the time. We've had so many community college presidents on and, and it, it's like their number one thing is re-engaging the 10% of the population that they had that has disappeared in some way. They went to work or they had a sixth family member and they haven't just left for a little bit. They've left that higher ed. And then how do you prioritize higher ed when you've had two years of uh, low, low income and you know, when work takes more precedent and how do you convince somebody to come back? And that, that is the, the problem of so many college and universities across the U.S. But we need them back because then if we can't get those students back, if we can't invest in companies to get those students back, then it creates further wealth and equity gaps. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So we've, we've identified three areas in which we want to focus in terms of the solutions that we're identifying that, again, help to bridge the gap between education and employment into the question you just asked would, would, would help to bring these students back um, uh, and then hopefully put them on a path to, to, to you know, meaningful employment and, and, and increased economic mobility. So the first of those three is to improve the quality of guidance and coaching that students receive. Um, and it could be when they're students enrolled in an institution, it could be students like the example you just mentioned, when they stop out, how do you re-engage them? It could be an individual when they're, you know, already employed and they're looking to reskill. What's the right program for me? And our belief is that simply providing technology or another app to these these individuals or these students, especially those that have struggled with education and career success previously, which is 
um, unfortunately, in terms of equity, a disproportionate number of, of, of those who are, who are less well off and who've struggled the most. Definitely. Um, they, they, we don't think technology alone is the answer. And so our thought on improved technology or sorry, uh, uh, improved guidance and coaching is technology enabled coaching, but that provides some, some human interaction. So we have an affiliate that we, we own and operate called Insight Track, which does technology enabled coaching. We've given out several grants. We have a couple of investments in this space. So that's one area. The next area would be providing career relevant experiences for students when they're, uh, when they're enrolled which gets at intentionally combining education with what you expect to do or what you want to do longer term and building that into your, um, you know, uh, intentionally building that into your plan. So that could be like the example of education and work that I mentioned, several of these investments that we've made in last mile training programs. We think that's a, that's a really ripe area that should continue to grow and innovate is this career relevant experiences for students, either when they're enrolled or when they, when they first get out and are, um, you know, are looking to make a transition. And then the third area, this is kind of the most nascent for us, but it's probably at the end of the day, the most important because to be able to make that transition between education and work, to be able to, um, you know, look at the right program that, 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 that would best enable you to do that. Yeah. You need, you need coaching. Certainly if you had a career relevant experience when you're, you know, when you're, um, when you're either in school or training for that opportunity, that would be useful, like an apprenticeship program. But almost more than anything, especially for those that are are, are most challenged, you got to have money to pay for it. And yeah. um, the the there, there there's there's ample money out there through the student loan programs and the Pell Grant programs, but there are certainly gaps. And we all know about the you know, huge amount of student debt that you know has been assumed by 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 students over 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 many, many years, especially recently. Um, so we think that there are opportunities and are exploring opportunities for how could funding be most effectively leveraged to help those students make that transition. So that could be like emergency aid type types of grants that could be employer sponsored programs. You know, certainly a lot of employers now are getting into the business of, well, if they, if they have this demand for talent and they're not seeing it in terms of supply, then it's in their interest to actually help, um, you know, Pay for pay for either their employees to go back or to recruit to recruit new employees. So we're looking at also all manner of different kind of financial incentives that we might provide to individuals. So I do want to shout out um, Kai Dreckmeyer. I hope I nailed his last name. Episode two hundred five of the Yetup Experience, and it's a very very good episode about skills and it's important their importance to the workforce. So, and, and you know one of the things that sticks with me that you said, Tom, that I find most fascinating the money piece definitely right it's the funding and the gaps and so on it's the the phenomenon that you pointed out that during during unemployment times we do see enrollment tend to go up because people are except this time and it could be pandemic related is it debt consciousness related i think it would be interesting somebody to do some kind of dissertation at some point that measures debt consciousness with you know with the covid impact and so on but that just leaves so much opportunity for organizations like Strata and others to get in there and help these, these students. And I'm talking about, when we say students, I always say, who are we talking about? Are we talking about the 18-year-old first-time freshman? Or are we talking about the 42-year-old that has three kids going back to school? I think in this case, we're talking about all or Absolutely. any. Uh, Absolutely. Any that can get back in and get these skills, that's where Strata's impact is. 
And I mean, the other thing, Joe, I'd point out is in addition to what you just cited and what I mentioned before is, you know, that also doesn't include the people that have just left left the labor force, left the working force, exactly. who are no longer looking for work. That's that's even the most, well, it's all troubling, but that's particularly troubling because you have this demand for, for um, or yeah, um, yeah, you have demand from employers, you have supply of jobs that are unfilled, and yet we see a growing number of people exiting the workforce. It, it's it's really troubling. Um, and, and so we think our mission is no more important, uh, you know, there's never been a more important time than for our mission. So love it. All right. Last two questions, Tom. I mean, you've had enough of me, I'm sure. So I'm going to give you the last two questions. We ask every single guest. Number one, what did we miss about Strata education that you want to say? Was there something that you wanted to say today that I, you know, didn't tee you up for anything you guys having going on pieces of research coming out initiatives and so on, anything at all pl plug what you have going on. And then number two, and most importantly, what do you see as the future of higher education? Yeah, so um, I would say that in terms of what we didn't get a chance to discuss is um, all of the research that we've done over the course of the last uh, many years, but in particular over the course of the last year with this, uh, respect to um, what the student experience has been as a result of COVID. Um, so I would encourage all of your listeners to, to hop on to Strata's website and to check out, check out those, um, uh, those various, uh, stories and research and studies that we've done, which is really pretty unique. Um, you know, it's, it's not often that you go directly to the, the end user directly to the student to ask what their experience has been and what they're, what they're demanding, uh, um, and what we find is that there's a lot of demand. It's not that there's not demand for education, but increasingly a lot of the student demand is for short-term industry-based, kind of clear skill-based and employment-related you know, credentials. Students wanna see a quick payoff and they wanna see something that's really aligned to a job uh, versus kind of the more traditional program. So I think as we think are about- Are you saying, Tom, that a student especially the quote unquote traditional student that looks at 10 second TikTok videos is looking for a quick payoff. Uh, who knew, right? Who, who knew that the consumer would change in that way? Right. And so I think part of that and, and you know, Strata is, you know, we, it's incumbent on us then to take that, take that very quick kind of passing interest, if you will, and turn it into something more meaningful and turn it into something more kind of customized for that individual so that they're not making rash decisions because um, students can make rash decisions and it doesn't always end up, you know, doesn't always end up well for them. So, but, the, but, but I do think that finding around industry-based and employment-based credentials that we've discovered over the course of the last year is, is um, you know, it's pretty interesting and, 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 and likely to stay. So I think just the quality of our research, Joe, I'm really proud of the team that we've got here. And I think, um, Increasingly, whether it's the, those kind of short surveys that we do, uh, you know, going forward, or um, you know, where we're starting to do a lot of evaluations of the impact of either our grants or our affiliates, you know, I think that's 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 really powerful work that we do, and that um, you know, Strata does not necessarily have pride of ownership. Uh, we're not the only ones that can provide coaching or career relevant experiences. We, we want others to, to learn from us and to, I mean, that's ultimately how we'll scale and address these, you know, these, 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 these types of problems that we've been talking about. 
Let me interrupt then, you real fast and just yeah. back you up on that. The quality research is incredible. I'm, I've been to your website hundreds of times reading the articles and research that comes out. And I would encourage everybody to join the newsletter, subscribe to the newsletter because yeah. there's a lot that comes out in the newsletter. You can't go to the site proactively all the time, but you can get on a newsletter and, and then check out the parts that are most meaningful to you. There's a lot of valuable research that you guys are doing. So yeah. just want to back that up, Tom. And, Thank you. And of course, uh, yeah, yeah. Future of higher ed, my friend. This is the one that we're just going to quote you and put splash you all over social media, quote you everywhere. You know, no, we won't do that. Maybe. Um, the future of higher ed, I would say, is one that needs to be more, you know, I'll return to what I said at the outset, which is that we get into these kind of fights, uh, parochial fights. And, you know, because I've seen this, um, I'm the proud graduate of a liberal arts college. Um, and, you know, I took philosophy and I took English and I took history and I love it. And I still read a lot of history. And those are valuable skills that everyone should have. But sometimes I fear that we're trying to pit liberal arts and kind of more traditional reasons for being educated, which, by the way, still exist uh, and are extremely important. We pit that against, well, the student needs to get a job as if it's one or the other. Um, and I think, I think the future of education is how, or the future of higher education is how it preserves those elements that should be core to any education, um, you know, where you, you have an understanding and appreciation of the world around you, but you also have a firm goal in mind with what you're trying to achieve. Um, and you may not know the, you know, I'm not saying you have to know that you're going to become a, um, you know, become an allied, you know, a specific type of allied healthcare worker or a specific type of credentialed IT worker. But you should know that you have an interest in health and you have a, or you have an interest in IT or you have an interest in whatever field it is and then have higher education help you cultivate that interest while not losing sight of its traditional role around, um, um, you know, around providing kind of the benefits of, 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 of being an educated member of society. I, I think we spend way too much time trying to fight between those two worlds where the real answer is, is a bit of both with a clear understanding of what it is and cultivating that interest in students around what it is that they wanna do with the rest of their life and putting that at the forefront. So I, I think that's really ultimately the future of higher education. And I love that I, I wanna tell everybody you're, uh, to connect with you on LinkedIn because your background you know, you meet some people that have backgrounds in higher ed, and then you meet some people um, like you, Tom, that have really interesting experience where you've been on the nonprofit foundation side, you've been at the government, you've been a fed, and then you went to for-profit education and now a nonprofit uh, institution that's, that's helping with workforce training is a very unique combination of experience. Yeah. So the other thing, Joe, I would say is that Based on my experience, I would say that the future of higher education also requires input from all of those sectors. So in addition to kind of the parochial fights between, you know, liberal arts and more career-oriented education, you know, I think we need all hands to step up, and there definitely needs to be an emphasis on quality, but we need, we need all hands to stand up to, to help address some of those systemic problems that we were discussing earlier on, so. Love it. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. His name is The Amazing. It's, it's actually in his title, The Amazing Tom Dawson, Interim President and CEO of Strata Education Network. Tom, it's been an absolute honor to have you on this episode of The Edip Experience. Thank you for coming on. That's great, Joe. Thanks for all you do. 
One of the major reasons SUNY Broom got involved is that I thought the approach of bringing community colleges together from across the country with a focused mission for providing more flexible offerings in the workforce development space would help build an even bigger and better brand for community colleges everywhere. Even for a small number of us to get into this space as a consortium, if you will, I thought would help build the uh, the community college brand to across the country to be even stronger than it is. And, and, and at the same time, help build SUNY Broom's brand nationally as well.